Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Georgia. This is my big idea in ASOS podcast. Today's guest is Danielle Pender, who is the founder and editor of Repost Magazine. This is Danielle's big idea. Hi, everyone. So I'm here with the founder and editor-in-chief of Repost Magazine, Danielle Pender. Hello. Hi, you okay? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Thanks good. for having me. No worries. Um, so as well as being the founder of Repost Magazine, you're also curator at the KK Outlet, um, which is a gallery and communications agency in East London. Yes. Um, but did you have magazine experience before founding the magazine? Um, can you sort of like tell me a bit about your career history and how it led up to that moment? Yeah, um, so no, I hadn't worked in publishing or anything before I founded uh, Repost. I'd worked at KK for about five years and before that um, I was freelance and I used to curate exhibitions and work on festivals. Um, and after being at KK for about five years, they have a publishing arm, so they publish really weird photography books mm-hmm. of very odd things. If anyone wants to have a look, it's Cassis Kramer Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I kind of I've always been interested in magazines, and with the KK publishing arm, it just made me think that this was something that I wanted to explore a little bit more. Um, so I just sort of didn't know. There wasn't a magazine that I necessarily wanted to go and work for, so I just thought... Mm -hmm. And there was a sort of... I I saw a gap in the market in uh, women's media, so I just thought that I would try and make one, something that I would be interested in reading myself. Okay, cool. And sort of how did you, like, practically go about that? What came first, sort of getting journalists that you were already in touch with or getting advertising, um, finding a graphic designer? What was sort of the bare bones of the the beginning? Um, Well... I mean, yeah, to be honest, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no (laughs) clue. Um, I'd never put a magazine together before. But it was all really amazing experience. So it was was a really slow process because I didn't know what I was doing. But with the network that I'd built up over the five years at KK, we... So I run the gallery there. um, And I'd done a lot of different exhibitions with illustrators, photographers, and then had been in touch with a lot of people, um, writers for like it's nice that mm-hmm. um, and dazed um, and so I just sort of pulled together the people whose work that I really admired and got together a sort of team of freelancers and contributors mm-hmm. and then um, I met Shaz Madani who I do the magazine with she's a, des- a graphic designer Okay. and together we spent ages really mulling over what the magazine was mm-hmm. what it wasn't and just slowly but surely sort of put it together and and I think I was thinking back actually re- the other day um, I really didn't know what on earth I was doing mm-hmm. and at one point Shaz was like we've only got <laughs> photo shoots for like three of the articles and yeah. I thought I'd be nearly finished and that seems like such a basic thing but yeah. I just hadn't really thought about the visuals and the commissioning that much um, which is now obviously a massively integral part of the magazine yeah um, and so it's, what kind of areas does it cover it? It does like art, business, politics, sort of 
how do you and also it has like an, I love the way it's sort of set up into five ideas four meetings three features two essays and one icon um, how did you sort of come to that format and why did you want to cover all all areas yeah I think because I the with the um, the content with women's magazines I mean there's some I think it's changed a lot and I think there's some amazing um, women's titles on offer at the minute which I think is great I think anything that's an alternative to the mainstream women's media is brilliant mm-hmm. um, but at the time it just felt like women are apparently only interested in fashion beauty yeah. celebrities some sex quizzes yeah. and that's just <laughs> bullshit yeah. and I was reading a lot of more men's magazines and more um, like broader cultural magazines art and design mm-hmm. and it just felt like there wasn't anything that was aimed at women or by women or looked at women in those areas that pulled it all together mm-hmm. um, so yeah I wanted something that covered a broad range because I think I'm interested in loads of different things I think a lot of women are um, we're not just interested in a few things and then with the format it was through research basically I sort of looked at how magazines um, formatted themselves yeah. and and the uh, I guess the sort of reader journey like how you ease your way into a magazine where the meaty bits are mm. and and worked out what would um, what uh, what repost should have like the, what kind of format we should follow and I think we've slightly changed it now because it started to feel a bit too rigid yeah. and actually so we used to have as you said five ideas four interviews three features two essays and one icon yeah. but the features in the essays they just felt a bit too long and a bit okay. too intense uh-huh. so we've changed that up with shorter funnier lighter slightly um, features which break it up a little bit so the design has been hugely celebrated and um, like you said that has been an integral part of what its identity is um, where were where was the concept behind that and how do you work from an editorial point of view with the graphic designer is it sort of a crossover of um, roles or is it very very separate um, yeah we work really closely together so as I said it's um, Shaz Madani is the girl that I work with she's amazing I really liked her work before we started working together and, and her point of view from the beginning was that it didn't need to have like any stylistic tricks it didn't need to be like really flashy it should all of the commissions should be amazing and stand alone so in terms of her job it was more of letting them speak for themselves in in the same way that the magazine profiles women as human beings and like interesting people and lets their achievements speak for themselves we don't sort of come at it from a really like gender specific angle so yeah. the magazine didn't feel like it needed to come from like a super highly designed angle mm-hmm. and then the way we work together yeah we sort of meet over beers quite a lot yes <laughs> and, the best uh, way <laughs> and we always have so at the minute we're just planning number seven so we've got a long list and I go and meet Shaz and I've got these ideas and she's like, nah, that's crap. <laughs> no, that's not very good. And then we whittle it down to a sort of overview of the different sections mm-hmm. and then we'll think about the commissions and which artists, which photographers, which illustrators and okay. then try and get a balance of photography and illustration um, and really try and like bring the stories to life through the artists that we work with. Mm-hmm. And we work with men, um, male contributors as well, but okay. on the on the whole we try and look for like amazing female talent yeah that's quite important mm-hmm. and 
who would you say is the sort of target audience you've sort of said about women generally enjoying all of these things which for some reason hasn't been tapped into before but um it what kind of age group or anything like that i think from we've started doing monthly events which has been really good um we always have like parties for our launches and it's really nice to sort of meet the readers and get a gauge on what they're interested in Mm -hmm. and see who they are um so we've kind of and we've done a few reader surveys and they're mainly um, 25 okay. to say 40 I okay. think um, a lot of girls women who live in city centres yeah. who, who again are interested in a bunch of different things and yeah. there might be something really weird that in one of the issues that you're not interested in but there's hopefully like a handful of things that maybe you didn't know about and you're like oh that's really fascinating I'd never even yeah. heard of that or whatever Yeah, that's the sort of aim that's interesting because it seems 25 to 40 seems like quite a large group but I guess when you're sort of presenting things like art and politics yeah there is no age group for that to yeah. sort of connect with people I guess exactly and I think it's kind of it's not ageless because we do yeah we do um commission pieces with certain age ranges in mind yeah. but again like when I was younger I used to read things that wouldn't necessarily have been aimed at me but yeah. I don't think that's I think everything's really fluid now, like yeah, age and gender and what people are into. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's as set. Yeah, as it used sort to of be. binary. Yeah. Um, so you're on the sixth issue at the moment, which is amazing. And um, the Claire Barrow cover was Thanks. so so gorgeous. <laughs> um, can you sort of talk me through how you think it's mainly grown from issue one to issue six? What, what the changes are and what you've kind of like kept the same throughout the process. Yeah. It's really funny. I look back at issue one and I'm like slightly embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone says that though, sort of like trial and error, the first like, one really, that you do. It makes us cringe and I'm really glad. We only printed a small amount and I'm glad that it's out of print now so that no one can see it. <laughs> Buried in a closet somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's changed. I mean, it hasn't changed and it has. Like, it's definitely each issue, me and Charles again meet up and we talk about what has worked and what hasn't. Mm-hmm. And after each issue we're like oh my god that was terrible yeah. like that just didn't work and and that, that's really good mm-hmm. and so we've like really honed in on like the writing styles um the commissions yeah. i think the tone is has always remained the same like we want a broad range of fascinating brilliant badass women yeah and that's that's a constant but the sort of we've like finessed it definitely mm-hmm. and hopefully less spelling mistakes yeah <laughs> <laughs> always a couple yeah um what which is your favorite issue so far this one the yeah. sixth issue yeah okay, i cool. think it's just like i said everything just feels slightly more finesse and not in a way that it's it's definitely not clinical it's still got a personality mm-hmm. but it's just i'm a lot prouder i think yeah. we've also with this issue dealt with bigger issue say issues one more time yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've dealt with bigger topics um it feels like we live in really weird times yeah and whereas in past um issues Mm -hmm. um we've kind of looked at cool women doing fascinating things which we still want to definitely do but i think to just ignore the things that are going on globally would be really irresponsible and yeah. actually it's stuff that I'm interested in so yeah. like we had a piece on everyday activism mm-hmm. and we spoke to Charlie Craggs who's amazing so, she's like a powerhouse oh my god I love her she was on one of our panels for the launch and she she nearly made everyone cry yeah. 
She's amazing. Uh, so we spoke to her. We spoke to Sisters Uncut. We spoke mm-hmm. to Carrie Ann Mendoza of the Canary, and just looked at how people can in their everyday life make a difference. Because I think people feel quite impotent and yeah, angry, definitely. but they're not sure what they can do. Yeah. So it's kind of dealing with bigger things like that and that's what we're going to continue to do in further uh, future issues okay that sounds really exciting because it doesn't look like the world's going gonna any chill better. out <laughs> so yeah exactly so that'll be really good um so how do you work on the magazine um is it from your office do you guys um like you said you meet up for drinks in the planning stages um does it get sort of more and more turbulent the closer to print deadline you are and um, sort of talk me through yeah how you physically go about putting it together yeah and- so we meet up at the beginning and then uh, me and Charles will meet up with a bunch of the contributors or a lot of it to be honest is done over email yeah and then but then I do try and meet up um, with a lot of with as many contributors as possible just mm-hmm. to get you know so that they get the the brief properly yeah. they get the sort of angle um, and then I work on it one day a week and then around my other job work and commitments um, which is quite difficult but is hopefully going to change soon and I think if when you start things out there's like this maybe this preconception that you should have this really nice minimalist studio with light and airy and Haggerston or whatever (laughs) that's that's not going to happen it's a lot of hard work and the reality is that you have to do things Late at night, life. yeah, at yeah. lunchtime on the bus, yeah, and that's just the reality. But I think that's the exciting part of it as well. Yeah, do you sort of do the whole taking notes on phones, like on the bus when you have an idea, yeah, or like yeah. leave each other voice notes sort of things? I feel like that's how a lot of young women are working at the moment. Um, like you said, very kind of like almost DIY and on the go to fit around your life in that way. Yeah, I, can, I think that's quite joyful in a way. Yeah, it's definitely. Less rigid. And I think it's kind of. Yeah, people don't work, like, just because you're at your desk, nine to five, you're not productive in, yeah. just in those hours. Like, yeah. life inspires different ideas all the time. Yeah, definitely. And that's, yeah, that's what makes something exciting to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's surprised you about founding a magazine? You said you didn't have specific experience in publishing before. What has sort of been the most unexpected thing to come out of it? I think... Um, people are pretty yeah. surprising <laughs> okay. in the best and the worst way like the contributors that we work with they always surprise me in terms of how far they'll go mm-hmm. and how much love and energy they'll put into it it's amazing and I'm, I'm like constantly humbled by how much energy and effort everyone puts in to get an issue finished but then I've also had like horrific experiences with people okay but that's and that's been really surprising in terms of like I didn't realise people were could be like assholes about just such tiny things. But yeah. that's also been um, a great thing because I think difficult people teach you a lot and they definitely they yeah they teach you patience and a lot of things about your character that you should harness and yeah. if someone's really mean to you then you should use that to galvanise yourself to do better and yeah. to show them that you're above it and also I guess it teaches you how it's kind of like a good way of seeing how you don't want to engage exactly. with other people exactly yeah, yeah. which you it's might not be aware of in other other jobs yeah. I guess yeah um, so what have been the highlights um, both in terms of who you featured and um, what you've achieved um, in terms of who we featured I 
do genuinely everyone that has been in the magazine has been like we've we've handpicked them so it's an absolute okay. pleasure to, yeah. to have them in but then like a massive highlight we had Gloria Sinem in this so issue so good who's amazing. such a badass yeah. like she but she was also so genuine and so um, given with her time and she so we met her in the apartment she shared with Barbara Nessam yeah. who's an artist and they lived together in the 60s Ugh, dream the 60s. house <laughs> I know and they were like such dreamy dreamy women they had yeah and it was just really nice to sort of speak to Gloria she's yeah. been covered a lot and everyone's read loads of stuff about her but yeah. she to speak to her about friendship in that environment was amazing yeah and sort of cast her through a different lens rather yeah. than talking to her specifically about her activism and things yeah. like that yes you pull out different parts of someone's character that way which yeah. is I think the highlight of the interview yeah um, yeah and in terms of what you've achieved sort of what's been a standout um, moment I think it's I like love seeing it in random places okay or I saw a girl reading it on the tube and oh I that's like, so yes. nice because I often like forget that people are going to actually read it. Yeah. You're so into it, making it. And then it goes out and you're like, all right, next. What's next? Yeah, because you're stuck globally. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. So there's just people on tubes in various other countries reading exactly. who you don't even know about. And it, yeah, and like seeing it on Instagram in um, like South Korea and so uh, Melbourne cool. is amazing. I love that. Um, what and what about the most challenging things? I guess you said people have been. I guess that falls into challenges. But yeah, I, I think money, like money, is a massive worry and issue. But I kind of try not to get too stressed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's always a challenge. Getting enough money to pay for the print and pay people and supplies yeah. on time, and it can be really cha- very challenging. Yeah, and I think most people. That I know that, that we've sort of done this podcast where money was the barrier that initially stopped them from doing it and yeah. they either got funding or found a way but it never stops it never goes away that problem yeah. it's, it's the challenge that most people say they have okay what couldn't you live without in terms of working on repost it, it could be a cup of coffee sort of late at night but it could be anything um, I think Shaz the uh-huh. our designer she's amazing um, and Liv Siddle, I love Liv Siddle. She used to work at It's she's Nice Up, and now she does the Rough Trade magazine. Yeah, she's amazing. And she's like funny, and her ideas are amazing. And yeah, she's ace. Does she regularly contribute then? Yeah, and she's just like, I'll send her the long list of stuff, and she's like, Oh my god, that is so boring. <laughs> she's like, Dry, dry, dry. So, sort of positive criticism, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So she's way. like my. Um, Younger, more fun sister. Who's okay. Like, no, that's really shit. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, what's your essential advice for founding a magazine? Um, one, and then two, for being the editor of the magazine. For, for founding? Yeah. Uh, I think starting a magazine, you need to have a point of view, like what's your angle, what's mm-hmm. your tone of voice, what, what are you doing differently that someone else isn't doing? Otherwise, who's going to read your magazine? Um, and then, and yeah, how are you going to pay for it? Because I've like kind of come at it, come at Repost from a real business side um, point of view. Recent, mm-hmm. more recently, like I want to make this work long term, and I want to do bigger things with it. And yeah. t- 
to, to get past, say, what two or three issues, you're going to have to start thinking about money, like, quite seriously. Yeah. Um, Having an actual model. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I think that's really key. And then in terms of editing, I think you just, again, like, tone of voice um, and how you galvanise your team and, like, where you're getting your ideas from and where... I used to do this thing where after each issue I'd have like a month of super intense research Mm -hmm. but then I started finding that really stressful so now I just it's kind of like I'm always on but that's really good because then ideas come from all sorts of random places and you can't really like expect to be coming up with your best ideas in like a really set time time frame Um, so yeah like what's your how are you going to keep yourself inspired and where are you going to get your ideas from okay cool um Okay, so if you could sum up Repost magazine in one sentence, how would you describe it? <laughs> Sorry. Um, it is... Someone else said something quite good that I like. Uh-huh. It's a fascinating magazine about people who just happen to be women. And I think that's quite that's a really nice, nice way. Because, like I said before, we don't come at it from a super gender-specific yeah. point of view. Like, these women are amazing and they're doing fascinating things and the sort of gender is isn't always like the main driver yeah okay cool well thank you so much for thanks coming and for having to me. me about this so good and everyone go and check it out you can buy it in news agents and bookshops everywhere um issue six thank you danielle thanks <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> that was danielle's big idea make sure you tune in next week for another inspirational story and subscribe on itunes acast or your favorite podcast app bye